Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. I have the honor today to introduce an amazing woman. Uh, she's not here with me today, but uh, my wife is uh, the perfect woman for the job. And the job meaning the mother of my children, my wife, and the mother of this church. And I'm thankful for her. She is a strong lady. Um, it's amazing how at any one time we are asked to serve different roles in different ways. And I know right now as a daughter, she is dealing with a lot of uh, concern and uh, just dealing with a lot of um, hurt for her father. As a daughter, as a mother, she is uh, still remaining strong for our family and a wife certainly remaining strong for our family. But I want to uh, just commend and give honor to my wife today. I love her. She is an incredible woman of God, an incredible woman of faith, and you may not always hear from her. But I promise you that she is an incredible woman of faith, and she has been an anchor in doctrine and truth in my life, and I'm thankful for her. And so right now, I know this is recorded, uh, as she can't be here today, but I introduce to you my lovely, beautiful wife, Valerie State, and I want her to speak to you for just a moment. Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all of the mamas out there um, on this very unique Mother's Day um, where you're at home um, instead of in church. So thankful today. Um, I happen to be in New Mexico right now. Many of you know um, that I came out here to uh, be with my, my parents. My dad's health has been... Um, not great and so I've um, come out here to uh, be of help to them in any way that I can and uh, I want to thank all of you for your prayers for my father um, it's I feel them very much uh, we all feel them my family we are very grateful for the prayers that you've prayed um, I feel the strength of the Lord I feel his presence every single day that I've uh, been here um, I have felt the presence of God very, very near to me. And uh, I know that's a result of prayers that you all have prayed. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, and again, happy Mother's Day to all the mamas out there. And I hope that you're being pampered and I hope that your kids made you breakfast or your husband made you breakfast. Um, I hope that you are just being treated like the queen that you are. Um, my girls, uh, somehow came up with the the nickname for me queen mother which is hilarious to me but also i'm glad they recognize <laughs> but anyways um i want to shout out to my girls too uh they are obviously there in maryland and i miss them very much um, but i'm thankful for them I'm thankful for my mother i'm able to be here with her for the first time in many 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 years on a mother's day and so I'm glad I, I am able to do that. Um, I'm also thankful for my mother-in-law. Thank you that she is here today. Um, she's going to be speaking to us, ministering to us, and I'm so grateful for that. She has been a, a great inspiration in my life. And um, 
and I just love her. So, um, I don't have anything really, uh, a new revelation for you today. I don't have anything that's gonna be mind-blowing. I just have a reminder for you, okay? And it's in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. And if we stopped there, I would be like, oh no, <laughs> this isn't good. Um, but he goes on to say that they're thoughts of peace and not of evil and to give you an expected end. And I'm so thankful today that God's thoughts towards me are of peace and not of evil. How many of you sometimes when bad things happen in your life, when circumstances come up that you don't understand and that you don't have any control over, um, you think, all right, God, what are you doing? Are you, are you punishing me? Is this punishment for, for things that I've done wrong? And obviously we do have to go through, you know, the consequences of our actions. However, God doesn't necessarily work like that where he just punishes us for the sake of punishing us. Um, he has thoughts of peace toward us um, and not of evil. I've often said, all right, God, what are you doing? Um, why is this happening? And I, you know, I sometimes think, oh, I shouldn't question God. He's sovereign. And I, but God can handle your questions. God can handle your fear and your worry. And it's okay to ask questions. But this scripture reminds me, though, when I do have those questions, that he has thoughts of peace and not of evil. And then it goes on to say, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. And that's what I want to say today, that if you will seek him with all of your heart, the promise, I'm so thankful for the many promises that are in the word of God, but this one, when you seek him with all all your heart he's there you will find him you're not alone and I know right now a lot of people are dealing with loneliness and maybe you are a mama that your kids are grown and you know they can't come to your house because there's there's worry about about this virus and and things like that um, but I want you to know that you are not alone, that God, when you seek him with your whole heart, he is right there. And I'm, I can testify to that, that um, there have been moments in the last few days when I have felt incredibly lonely, like God, I, and overwhelmed and don't know what God's doing. And when I have, I was sitting in, in my parents' house the other day there was no no one else was there I was sitting at the kitchen table and um I was just reading my bible and all of a sudden and, and I was kind of feeling down I was like oh man god I'm, which I'm okay sometimes um having some alone time but but there's times in my life when I need my people <laughs> and so um I was sitting at the table and just reading my bible and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost came in and sat down at the table with me. Um, it was it was almost tangible, the presence of God that came in. Um, I haven't felt that in a long time. It was a uh, it was unreal. I really um, it I just raised my hands. I felt like God told me and said, "Raise your hands and just praise me." And I was like, "Okay, 
if somebody walks in right now, they're gonna think I've lost my mind. And so I just raised my hands and began to worship. And when I did, the Holy Ghost came on me. I started speaking in tongues and I, and it was, there was a power with it. There was a, an authority in the, in the spirit I felt um, so, so strong. I don't know what it was about exactly. I, I didn't have, um, you know, God didn't speak to me and say, this is what you, what just happened when you'd prayed. Um, all I know is that the presence of God came in so near to me and it was in a moment when I needed it the most. And I was sitting, I was reading my Bible and just, just talking to the Lord and he showed up and he will do that for you when you seek him with your whole heart and he will draw near to you it's a promise in the word of god so if it's a promise in the word of god you can take it to the bank it will happen and so i just want to leave you with that um i'm thankful that my mother-in-law is here to minister to us today um I know it's going to be great, and I love you all. I miss you, and I can't wait to be with you when we're able to be in service together again, hopefully very soon. And again, happy Mother's Day. I love you. Amen. So that what a great promise today, amen, that God has good thoughts toward us. Tell your neighbor that. God has good thoughts. God is not out to get you, not evil thoughts, but thoughts of peace toward us. And I'm honored today I get to announce two beautiful ladies. The lady I'm getting ready to announce raised me and trained me in the way that I should go. And the lady that just got done has trained me in the way that I better go. So uh, I've got two beautiful ladies today that I get to introduce. And uh, my mother is a tremendous uh, woman of God, uh, quiet and behind the scenes in many ways, but so many things that are strong that wouldn't be strong if it weren't for her just that silent, steady faithfulness. And uh, I love her and appreciate her. That Proverbs 31 says that that virtuous woman, that her children would rise up and call her blessed. Well, today I rise today to call my mother blessed. And I want her to come and share with us the word of God. My dad is here today. I gave him an opportunity to come and speak. He said, I just want to worship today. Dad, we honor you as well as the bishop of our church. Mom, come and speak to us. We love you. Well, praise the Lord. I am very, very, very honored to be here today. Um, I'm sorry for the circumstances because I know you would much rather have your pastor's wife here to minister. And we are praying for her and her family because I know the times they're going through right now are difficult. But God is able. And we're just going to keep trusting him that he's got it all under control. He knows the end from the beginning. And he's working it all out. Well, since I heard that I was going to be speaking here, I began to pray and seek God's face. Now, I'll be honest, I videoed this yes, uh, Friday for Washington, D.C. Church. But it, they're never the same. So the Lord will speak through me what he wants you to hear today. Um, this, All this stuff that we're going through is, it's not easy. Um, it's, it's really a difficult time because I've never gone through anything like this before. Um, so I'm sure you haven't either because I'm older than most of you. <laughs> but God is he's showing himself in so many ways that I never dreamed. I remember making a statement at the beginning of the year. 2020 
perfect vision. And about three weeks later, wham, everything shut down. <laughs> I heard somebody say, what kind of vision is that? But you know, as I began to think about it, we've had time to really look at the things that are important to us. And I think it's cleared our vision a lot. There's no school. A lot of people can't go to work. Can't even go to the grocery store without wearing a hazmat suit. But it, it's making you think a little clearer about how blessed we really are in this country. And we're not used to having all of these freedoms taken from us. But you know, God is able. He's trying to show us to depend on Him. And I'll be very honest, a couple weeks into the, the shutdown, I began to feel fear. I woke up one morning and I'm thinking, God, what is going on? You know, we haven't been able to have church in our place we meet since March 22nd. Because we ran a building and they shut it down. So we, we, we may not get back in there until August from what we hear. So we've been having to have, we started out having home group churches and then they cut that down. So now we're meeting in our individual homes. We can't even come together. And I didn't realize how much I missed that till, well, yesterday and today, sitting right over there. And, and the, the songs, the worship, and it just ministered to my soul. I thought, Jesus, I didn't realize how bad I missed this. You know, it was kind of nice being at home. I could get dinner going and then go sit and have church and then go back and finish you know, everything was great. But you know what? It's not. It's really not. Because I miss being with the people of God. And I know you all do too. And so today, this is like, I feel like a sponge just soaking it all in. So let me try to squeeze a little bit of it back out so that you can be blessed. Oh, sorry. <laughs> For some reason, every time I come down here, I cry. <laughs> uh, I'm just so thankful for what God has done in Lexington Park. And I'm so proud of every one of you who are involved in that. I know you can't be in here, but I'm looking at some of your pictures right now. And it's such a blessing to know that you're living for God. You've kept walking for Him. No matter what has come your way, you just keep walking. But when, when this fear came on me a few weeks ago, I mean, it hit me as I was coming out of sleep. You know that place where you're not quite all the way awake, but you're not asleep. And all of a sudden, this fear just gripped my heart. What's going to happen, Lord? Every time I would go in the grocery store, the fear would get even stronger. I've never seen empty shelves in America. Now, I've been in foreign countries, and I've seen empty shelves, but not here. When you walk into the store, and there's nothing on the aisle, it puts, it puts fear in your heart. And all of a sudden, I'm grabbing stuff that I don't even know if I need it or not, but I might, you know, and it's here. Grit it now while it's here. And coming out of the store with things that I have used, but didn't know how I was going to use them. I just got them because they were there. Never in my life have I felt that fear. And so the devil played on that, and he got my heart just so 
despondent, no hope, hopeless, feeling like, what are we going to do? Are we ever going to come out of this? Is it ever going to go back to normal? And I don't know if it ever will. I don't have that promise. I don't know that what is going on today will end tomorrow or maybe never. But I do know I have hope in him. But as I was thinking all these things, all of a sudden, like Sister Valerie mentioned, the presence of God came into my heart. And a verse, a little verse. Of course, I got Google out to look it up because sometimes I can't find it in my concordance. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And I remember when my children were little and I was a young mother and things would, you'd hear them talking about the end times and the fear that would grip my heart. But God would let me know, don't worry. I've got them in my hand. I can take care of them. Just like I'm taking care of you, I've got them in my hand. And when he spoke that verse, that's found in Psalms 56.3, by the way. I will never forget where that one is. I can't remember where a lot of verses are. I know they're there. I just don't know where. But that one is burned into my brain. Psalms 56.3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Who else can we trust in? I can't trust in myself because I mess up all the time. And as much as I love my husband, I've trusted him for 47 years, going on 48. I can't trust in him because he can only do so much. But what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. You know, that, that verse was written by David. Now, David is a character in the Bible that I've always loved because he was spontaneous he was, you just never knew what he was going to do next. As a little boy, he went to take his brother's food one day, and um, they were in the army. Now, it's, it's, they're not sure how old David was. He was somewhere between the ages of 12 and probably 15, because everybody recognized him as a child. But when, when boys hit 16, 17, 18, they don't look so much like children anymore, most of them, some maybe. But they, they recognized he was not a man. He was still a child. So he had to be somewhere in the age area between 12 and 15. So he arrives where all the encampment of the Israelites are, the, all these soldiers, and the, all of them are hiding. And he's like, well, what, what are you hiding from? Even the king was hiding. He was in his tent. Didn't have his armor on. It was over there in the corner, and even he was hiding. He said, what's, what's the deal? And all of a sudden, he hears his voice bellowing from outside, send me a man. And he looks outside, and here's this guy. Now, if you, you look at commentaries, you can get um, Goliath. He's anywhere from nine and three quarters feet tall to 11 and a quarter feet tall. Depends on which commentary you're reading. But he was a big guy. I'm thinking he was more along the lines of 11 foot tall. And his coat of mail, again, com whatever commentary, was anywhere from 70 pounds to 158 pounds. Just the coat. That doesn't count the helmet. 
That doesn't count the beam that he carried or the, the boots that he had on that were covered with iron. Could you imagine? I mean, he looked like a robot before we, they had robots. And he's out there hollering, send me a man. And everybody's scared to death. And David looks around. He goes, what's, what's the deal? I said, well, you know, if we go out and fight him and he wins and we lose, then we have to serve him. Well, David looks around. He goes, well, is there not a cause? Is there not a good reason that we should go out and face this guy? And so you heard, you know the story. He goes out with five little stones, puts them in his little pouch that he carries. But see, David didn't fear because he remembered even before this happened, when he was even littler, that a bear came out and tried to steal one of his lambs. And the power of God was with him and he was able to destroy and kill that bear and save his sheep. And another time a lion came out ready to just rip those sheep to pieces and have a good meal. But the, I read, he grabbed him by the jaw, pulled that little lamb right out of his mouth and defeated that lion. So David had that memory that God had been with him and delivered those two fierce animals into his hands. And there was another thing that had happened just maybe a few weeks before that. A man by the name of Samuel had visited their house, brought all the sons of Jesse before him because he was looking for the next king because Saul had done evil in God's sight. So these young men start coming. The oldest one, he's strapping, he's strong, he's burly. Nope, that's not him. Goes through seven boys, and none of them are them. Is this all the sons you have? And he said, well, there's another one. He's out taking care of the sheep. Well, bring him here. In comes David, and the power of God falls on Samuel. He said, this is the one. Anoints him right then and there as the king, the next king of Israel. So, you know, he might have had that in the back of his mind, too. Okay, I've been anointed. I haven't taken the throne yet. God's going to be with me. So there's a little more assurance there. But he goes out, and he meets that giant, and he he throws, he does his slingshot. And that stone went right between his eyes, the only spot that wasn't covered by a helmet right there. And Goliath goes down on the ground. Well, that's not good enough. David goes over and he grabs that sword and boom, off with his head and he defeats the giant. So I, I think if that had been me, I, I might have been a little bit afraid to go out and feet, you know, meet that giant and fight him that day. But David wasn't. He, he knew that God was with him and he knew there was a good cause. So let me get my glasses so I can read my notes. And there was another time when David was running from Saul, and he was um, under um, siege of, of Gath. That's when he wrote those words. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. So if you read through the Psalms, you, you'll read so many times when David said, I trust God. Fear not. Don't be afraid. I trust him. And there were times when he said, Lord, help me. But he knew that God was his strength. He knew that God would be there to be the source of strength that he needed. 
So it was pretty cool when God gave me that verse the next day, the very next day. I got my phone out, and you know how your Bible app will give you the verse of the day? It was Psalm 56, 3. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. But you know what's even weirder is later that day I went to try to look that up again. It was gone. It was a different verse. But I saw Psalm 56, 3 that morning. So I knew God was putting it in my heart. Tell this to my people. What time I am afraid, trust in me. I know what I'm doing. And you know, there was another time I read, I was reading about Saul, how there was an evil spirit that would come on him. And for the first time, I know I've heard it, but it said that God sent to him. God sent an evil spirit to Saul. And I'm thinking, whoa. And you know, the only one who could calm that spirit was David. He would be brought before the king and play his harp and sing the songs that he had written while he was out taking care of the sheep. He would play his harp and sing, and God would anoint him, and songs would come forth, and those songs would calm the troubled spirit, that evil spirit that was in Saul and make it go away. So David knew what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And even when, when Saul was trying to kill him, there were still occasions when he would come and sing before the king to calm that evil spirit. So, you know, I, like I said, I like David. He, was he a perfect man? Did he do everything right? Well, no, we know that. We know he messed up several times. But every time he messed up, when it was brought to his attention, the evil he'd done, he knew where to go. He would go back to God. God, forgive me. You know, we have a way of things that come up in our life. We have a way of reasoning it out that, oh, that's not so bad. You know, I can do that. But we know deep down we shouldn't do that. But God gives us a space of repentance, a space, a little space where we can go and say, God, forgive me. And that's what makes us dear to his heart. Bible says that David was, David was the apple of God's eye. Wow, that's a pretty great place to be. You know, I, I just hope that God loves me that much that I'm that close to him. So anyway, um, let me go on. I know this is not your normal Mother's Day speech, but I think today our mother's we need to have peace in our hearts, and we need to know that God's got our kids, and he's going to take care of them. Um, all right. Now I'm going to talk about women. Mother's Day, let's talk about some women, okay? There's several women in the Bible that had to have amazing trust in God. There was first one that came to my mind, just boom, was J.L. How with one swing of a hammer... She conquered the enemy and brought peace back to her country. One swing of a hammer. God gave her the wisdom and the courage to do what needed to be done. And then, let me put my glasses on so I can get them all. There was Deborah. She was the prophetess, and she led the armies of God to war. She led the Israelite army into war. That's pretty, pretty brave. 
that's pretty much having confidence in God. Then there was Rahab the harlot who protected the Israelite spies at the risk of her own life. If she had been caught, she would have been executed. She wasn't a good woman, not by any stretch of the means. But because she did that and she took care of the spies and she got them out of the city safely, she was in the lineage of King David. Um, no, I'm sorry, she was in the lineage of Jesus. And then there was Ruth, who left every behi everybody behind, everything that she knew, she left it because of her love for her mother-in-law. And she went with her to a strange country where she was an outcast. She was not Jewish. Yet she followed her because she knew there was something different about Naomi and that she wanted to know more what that was. And God blessed her, and she was the great grandmother, I mean, the grandmother of King David. So, see, God uses anybody. You don't have to have a pedigree. You don't have to have a lineage that's like arm's length long of this one and that one and begat and begat and begat, okay? He uses anybody, and he uses us. But she had to overcome some fears. But the last one I want to talk about is this little Jewish girl by the name of Hadassah. And we know her better as Esther. Esther was a um, little Jewish girl. Her country, her people had been taken into captivity. Um, so she was now in a country that wasn't hers. Her parents were dead. And her cousin, Mordecai, adopted her. And he raised her as his own. So now they are in, um, forgot the name of the place where they were. But anyway, they're not at home. Yeah, they're in someplace else. <laughs> Okay, um, so um, it, came, it came to pass in the kingdom that all of a sudden there was need for a new queen. Now, read the book of Esther. She has her own book in the Bible. Yes, it's a great book. I love reading it because it shows the faith of a young girl. She was taken in because they went through the kingdom and they got all the fair young virgins and brought them into the women's house at the palace and now that she didn't necessarily want to go and she must have been a very attractive young woman but they took her whether she wanted to go or not and for a full year they began to prepare and they went through oils and it, it was called a purification for a year and then they were going to be brought before the king one at a time now, it kind of reminds me of this TV show I've heard of called The Bachelor. Okay. <laughs> this guy's looking for a wife. The previous wife was gone. She had done evil, so she was kicked out. So now here all these women are in a beauty pageant trying to win the affections of this bachelor. And anyway, so here they come one by one. And sure enough, King Ahasuerus decides that Esther's going to be the one. Now, here she is. She's a foreigner. The king didn't know she was a Jew. She had grown up right around there, so she pretty much had all of the customs and the habits of the people around that lived there. Um, she, he didn't know that she was an orphan. He didn't know anything about her, just that she caught his fancy. So time goes by. She becomes queen. She is trying to learn how to act like a royal, and all the things that go along with that. And 
It comes, there was another man in that kingdom by the name of Haman. And he was like right next to the king. Here's the king, here's Haman. He was like his right-hand man. Well, there was another guy, Mordecai, her, her cousin, that Haman, oh, he couldn't stand Mordecai. Mordecai would not bow when he came walking by. He would not give obeisance to him. He, would, he wouldn't even stand up. He would just stay sitting. He wouldn't move out of the way. And that just angered Haman. To Oh, he wanted, I don't know who that guy is, but I'm going to get him. And so his wife comes and she says, well, why don't you build a gallow out in the backyard? And just a little while ago, my son mentioned that. And I'm going, yep, I got it. <laughs> Gave me some assurance. Built that gallow to hang Mordecai on. So he tries getting close to the king, close to the king. And the king says, I'll give you anything you want. But Mordecai goes, I mean, Esther goes, yeah, Mordecai goes to Esther. And he said, Esther, I need you to go to the king. And she says, what do you mean? He said, you've got to go to the king because Haman is conspiring to kill all of our people. Not just me, but all of us. So I need you to go to the king. Now, see, there's a custom. You didn't just go to the king. You had to be summoned to come to the king. And if you showed up in his royal whatever throne room without being summoned, you could be put to death. And she knew that. She said to, Haman, uh, to Mordecai, but I, I, I can't unless he calls me. And he said, yes. You must, because in Esther 4.14, the very end of the chapter, it says, who knows, but that you have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. She didn't know why she was made queen. I mean, there were hundreds of young women, but he picked her. And God does not ever, ever do anything by accident. It was intended it was planned. God knew what he was doing. So Esther tells him, well, fast with me for three days. I will have all my maidens fast with me, and then I will go before the king. Long story short, she goes before the king. He loves what she has to say. He holds out the scepter to her. Well, that means you're okay. You know, you're not going to die today. <laughs> okay. So he held the scepter out. And she was able, long story short, through that, to save her people. And Haman was hung on those very gallows that he had built for Mordecai. Her people were spared because one young woman had the courage to face adversity. She trusted in God. I'm wondering... If those words weren't going through her, her head, in what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. She knew she was going to die either way because she was a Jew. And if Haman had his way, all the Jews would be killed. But maybe, just maybe, if she went before the king, there was a chance. But she also knew there was a chance she could die. But she did it anyway with knowing that God was behind her and with her. And so what time she was afraid, she trusted in God. And everything 
came out wonderful. I mean, Haman, he was like, couldn't believe what was happening here. The things that he was trying to get done to Haman were done. I mean, to uh, Mordecai, were done to him. So, um, I'm ahead of myself. I left my notes behind. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Mordecai's words to her were, I already said that, who knows, but maybe you were brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. Forget the notes. <laughs> Sometimes they're more trouble than they are good. <laughs> but, you know, um, there comes in all of our life a time when we are tried, we are tested. And right now, through all this stuff, with all this COVID stuff, and there's so many things that can bring fear to our hearts. There's uh, the fear of contracting this virus. There's the fear of coming out of our houses. I mean, there's some people who won't leave their homes. They're so frightened. You can't go into the grocery store without masks and gloves. And like I said earlier, a hazmat suit, just about. And there's so much fear. And that's the thing that will kill us is fear. But if we can learn to trust God, he is more than able to keep us. And I know there have been people in, that follow God who have died from the COVID. But you know what? They're just close. They're just one step ahead of us. They're closer to Jesus. So I can't imagine living in this world today without God in my life. It's so comforting to know that I can turn to him and he will be there. He's there. He's closer than a brother. So my faith in God is what brings peace to my troubled heart. And that's what's going to bring peace to your heart. In this day and age that we live, there's so many things to be afraid of. But God is my fortress, and he's my strength. He is my living hope. He's not a dead hope. He's my living hope. In him I know that I will be a victor. So run to him in your times of fear. Run to him. Don't just nonchalantly walk. Run to him. Fall on your face before him and he will bring you that peace that you need. God bless you, living hope. Amen. We're going to sing a song. Mama, come here real quick. I, I wrote in her card today that I gave her. I wrote in her card that I was thankful for the uh, example that she has been of a godly woman in my life. And I, I remember as a child, um, when I would fall and get hurt, that I knew where to run to. You don't run to dad when you fall and get hurt because dad's going to say, get over it. You're fine. You run to mom. And not one time did I run to mom and she wasn't there for me or she didn't care. She didn't have a Band-Aid or a, a kiss for the owie or whatever was needed. Mom was always there. And she was the example. Now that I'm grown up, the pains are different and the hurts are different and they're emotional many times and they're dealing with COVID-19 and they're dealing with life's bigger problems. And now I, I don't necessarily call mom every time I have a hurt, but I learn from mom 
that there are going to be, there is someone in your life that you can run to that's going to be faithful. And today, in the middle of what we're going through, I want you to know that you can run to Jesus. Amen. I want you to know that my, mom, as mom was there when you were a little kid and you tripped and you fell, I want you to know right now in the midst of this adversity, in the middle of what you're going through, you can run to Jesus and he is there waiting. He's not going to say, get over it. Yes, he is our heavenly father. But I want you to know right now in what we're going through, it's the love of Jesus Christ that is saying, come here, let me hold you close. Amen. Let me, let me just love on you for a little bit and let you know everything is going to be all right. So I wonder right now in your living room, can we raise our hands together? The praise team is going to lead us. And I want us to put our trust in him. That God, you've never failed me. You've never let me down. That Lord, when in those times I am afraid, I will trust in you. Lord, in those times I am afraid, I will trust in you. Come on, somebody raise your hands as the praise team leads us. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.